At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Thanks for tuning into our series, The Follower's Trail Guide, Navigating the Path of Jesus, where we're asking the question, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? As we walk through Jesus' farewell discourse to His followers in the book of John, we'll learn to follow in the steps of Christ as He marks out the way of discipleship for us. options. Do you believe in Christ or do you believe in nothing at all? And, and I spent some time this week thinking about that question. I was studying a Pew Research Group and what I found was that in 2007, uh, 2007 about 15 years ago, there was a, a, a very big difference to where we are today when it comes to belief in Jesus. The trends with our society have pointed to about 15% of our culture in 2007 were what were called religious nuns. All right? Religious nuns. They did not affiliate or associate with any specific religion. So fast forward 15 years later, that number has went from 15% to 30%. So we've seen an increase of about 1% each year of people who don't associate with, with any form of religion. On the same token, when I was studying, uh, there was a, a change with those who believe and identify, label themselves as Christians. And what we've seen is that we've been losing about 1% a year. So you think about those numbers and the change of that, that means about 3 million people a year are choosing, maybe not Christianity, but uh, maybe not Buddhism or maybe not Islam, but they're just choosing, hey, we don't want to associate with, with any of this stuff. And we've seen that trend and it's been showing over uh, an amount of about a couple decades. You know, I know here we're, we're in the season of blessing and, and growth. And last week we had baptisms and it was so amazing. And, and new members. And it, it's been such an amazing blessed season here at Woodside Chesterfield. But what this shows me is, is that's not what a lot of churches are experiencing. For all the good that's happening, there are many faith communities that are hurting, that are seeing a dwindling of people that are committed and are all in. And so when I kept digging and thinking, okay, why? Well, why is this the case? Or, or what's going on? And, and it's interesting because we can all say different reasons why. But another thing that was interesting to me was even in the midst of people disassociating with labeling, labeling themselves as a Christian or part of the Christian faith, Jesus' name has been fairly protected. Ironically, people still value, even if they choose to no longer associate 
with Christianity, they still value Jesus as a, as a teacher, as an example. They still believe, man, this, this guy, he is important. And so I'm like, okay, in some way, and I know this isn't for everyone, but, but people still value him. And, and what really opened my heart to this was it's not as much about Jesus, it's more about what people have experienced with the organization of church. So you hear more, yeah, Jesus has value, man, he, he said some great things, he was a moral teacher, but man, I went through this experience with a church, and I'm just, I'm just done with, with going to an organized church. So it's more about the gathering. It's more about what's happening is their division, their falling out, disunity. And so people are going away and saying, you know what, maybe this isn't the truth. Maybe this isn't the way to salvation. Maybe there's no purpose here. This is not the way that we're supposed to live. So there's this, this infinite gap between admiring the way of Jesus, people admire from the distance, but they are not believing that Jesus is the only way. I love how Pastor Kyle Ottoman reminded us of his book, Not a Fan. He said there's this difference between somebody who's a, who's a fan of Jesus and someone who's a follower of Jesus. This is what he wrote. He said, the biggest threat to the church is fans who call themselves Christians but aren't actually interested in following Christ. A little spelling error there. <laughs> the biggest threat to the church is those who call themselves Christians but aren't interested in following Christ. So let's put it in this way. The difference between fans and followers is this one word, it's, it's faith. When you think about this word faith, it's hard to have faith when you're a skeptic. It's hard to have faith when you look around and things are, are not going well. It's hard and it's difficult to have faith when your exposure to the body isn't positive. But nonetheless, it all comes down to believing in Jesus. We are called to believe in Jesus. John 14.1. It says this, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe all. Also in me. So you have to think about this moment in John 14. And we just finished last week John 13. And we're going to be hanging out in John 14 today. But Jesus already said to them that, that they would betray him. Judas would betray him. And Peter would betray him. And understandably, they're pretty troubled. The disciples hear this. And they've been hanging around each other for three years. And, and so when Jesus drops this bomb on them in the Last Supper, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty troubled. 
So I was looking in that word in the Greek, and the Greek word for troubled is this word terasso. And terasso means to take away someone's calmness of mind. And so these people, they, they were in a good spot, they were sharing this meal together, and now their calmness of mind is taken away because Jesus is saying, hey, Peter, you're going to betray me. One of you, you're going to betray me. And so I think about us and our calmness of mind and then the disturbing of our poise. Have we ever had our composure rocked? (laughs) Have we ever had a moment in our life where, where our calmness was ripped away and we were crippled by anxiety and we were just... We just cannot function in a logical sense because we were troubled. We were hurting. We were confused. That's what the disciples were experiencing in that moment. And so the question we want to talk about today, this key question, is what are we supposed to do when the way we were headed doesn't seem certain anymore? We were aiming in this direction, and this is what seemed right. This is maybe what we thought it was God's will for our life. And and now it doesn't seem certain anymore. What are we supposed to do? The answer is this. Believe in Jesus. He's still the only way. Believe in him. And some of us, we hear that, and we're like, okay, that's a little generic. Like, I, I know that, I hear that. But what we're going to dig in today is a piece of scripture that, that Jesus uses to help us see why we should believe in him. And, and the first part that we want to talk about is when he says, believe, I will bring you to the Father. This is one thing that's going to help us believe is that we will one day be brought to the Father. Let's dig into John chapter 14, verse 1. And this is what it says. We're going to read through verse 6. So turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 1 through verse 6. And I'm going to repeat verse 1, which we already said. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I remember when I went to Glacier National Park and this beautiful, beautiful time, Lake Lake McDonald, and it was just a gorgeous experience all around. You felt like you were walking into a scene of Lord of the Rings. And I remember they had this trip called Journey to the Sun. 
And it would take about three to four hours to go up to the top of this mountain. But everyone said when you got to the top, it was this majestic view. And so we all hopped in a car. I think we had like nine people in this minivan, which I do not suggest because I, I don't think that was legal. But we all jumped in this car with my aunts and uncles and cousins. And we jumped in and we drove up this mountain. And it was it was so beautiful because I remember driving up the mountain and starting to see the other mountains in the distance. And then you saw waterfalls on the left and right. And then you started to get into this fog. And then you went even further and it started to rain a little. Then you went a little further and it started to snow. You just kept journeying up. And there was a 30 degree difference from the bottom to the top. And so we're going through. And it, when it started snowing and sleeting, we're like, man, what are we doing here? But people said, hey, once you go on this journey to the sun, sometimes you don't know what you're going to experience. you got to be very careful. you got to be prepared because it's not always a smooth trip. And so when we were going on this trip, at one point we're like, man, maybe we should turn around. Like we're on the side of a mountain and it's all slick, and we're like, man, we got to keep people safe. We're already crammed and sardined in this van, but we kept moving forward because of what we thought we were going after, what we wanted to experience. And so Jesus, in this story, he's talking to his disciples, and he's saying, hey, I'm taking you to a place. And, and Thomas, who thinks probably how we would think, is, hey, where are you going? Like, give us the map quest, give us the Google Maps, Apple. Like, wh where are you going? And so he's on this level. He's thinking on level one, and Jesus is like on level three. This isn't just, hey, let me take you to a beautiful location off the, the coast of Greece, and we're all going to hang out there and have a great time and have mojito. What is that? Mo mo what? Mojitos. That's it. We're not going to do that, right? We're going to experience that beautiful, clear blue Mediterranean water. No, he in this moment is talking about where he's going. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I think about this. <laughs> I think about my journey to the sun and Jesus' journey to the cross. They're a little different. <laughs> Just a little bit. Our journey to that place is filled with many fires. <laughs> We got many fires raging in our lives, in this world. <laughs> the inflation's making my bank account on fire, right? I want a gallon of milk for less than $4, right? <laughs> Can I get an amen? Okay. <laughs> got relationships, some of them. They come with many fires. And, and if I was able to talk with everyone here, you'd say, here's my fire. Some of it's an itty-bitty little flame, and some of us, we got infernos. <laughs> but no matter where the fires are, Jesus tells us to not be troubled. Let's not be troubled. Believe me. Don't be troubled. Believe me. Are you kidding? Is that, is that impossible? Like, I, I know we say these biblical truths, but can we really do that? When we are shuddering with, with sickness and people hurting us and abuse and mental health, 
and not knowing how we're going to pay the bills, can we really, in that moment, believe and not be troubled? How can we even get our hearts aligned to a place where that is true for us? Because I think about that statement, believe in God, believe in me. It's keep on believing. Keep on believing in me. He's commanding them to remove the fear inside of them and replace it with confidence in God and confidence in the Father that's established through himself through Jesus. It's this trade-off. Okay, there's fear, there's insecurity. Let's trade that. For, for what God is going to give us. My kids are in Pokemon right now. Everything's about Pokemon. Well, they found out that Dad collected Pokemon cards when Dad was in elementary school. And I have this old green box, right? This old, I dug it out, I blew off, dusted off, and I opened up, and I have these cards. I have some cards that are now worth money, and I have these cards that I've been protecting for years, and, and it's this thing that is like the, the crown jewel for my kids now. So they've been trying to trade with me, right? Dad, I'm like, I'm not into, I want money, okay? Not in a greedy way, but I want to sell these for profit. So they keep trying to trade. Well, they've been persistent, specifically Milo. Milo has camped out in my closet. He said, Dad, can I just lay and sleep by your Pokemon cards? <laughs> so I set out a blanket and a pillow, and he fell asleep with all these Pokemon cards out. It's like, wow, you're obsessed. No, false idols, okay? We've got to confront him. <laughs> so he's laying out. Well, he broke me down, and I ended up trading a card that was worth a decent amount, and I gave it to him. You know, we traded that, and he was just running around holding it in the sky. Yes! And Hannah was all jealous. What? You gave him that card? And so I traded him. Now he had a stronger deck, right? And so when I was thinking about this concept, I was thinking about how we trade fears and we trade things that we're carrying. <laughs> and so often with us, these fears, we just accept them. We're just like, oh, this is what it looks like to be a Christian. We're afraid, we're crippled, we're anxious, we're depressed. And I'm not saying that stuff's just going to dissipate. I'm just saying that we need to go into a place where we start trading our fears and saying, hey, God, I, I need you to give me this because I, I can't obtain it. I, I need you to take my fear I need you to take that I have nothing left in my heart right now. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. Can, can, you, can you take that? And in this moment, Jesus, with his disciples, who were with him three years, if they're feeling troubled, you better bet we're going to be feeling troubled. God's children can have peace that one day we are going to go to his dwelling place. That's why he says, hey, I'm going to prepare a place for you. We can have peace with this metaphor that we're going to go and we are going to be with him. What's one thing that's going to help us believe? 
believing Jesus will bring us to the Father, we are one day going to dwell in his dwelling place. And if you know anything about the King James, it uses the word mansions. Mansions in the Latin is mensones. And I, and I actually think, and I usually don't do this, but I, I believe that the King James missed on this. They totally missed. Because that makes it think that it's more about us. The place we're going. Where we're going to the HGTV dream home. You know, I finally get my indoor uh, pool and my hot tub. And one of those cool fire pits where I could have a flame going and put in those big, uh, you know, pallets and bring it out. And I can have this beautiful suite of a bedroom. And so with this idea of mansions and all the amenities, I think it takes away from who we're with. It's not about my mansion. Oh, I'm going to go to be in my mansion. I get to be with the Father. It's not where we're going. It's who we're with, where we're at. It's not about the home. It's not even about the Father's house. It's all about the Father. It's not all about the place for me. It's all about the person I'll be with. Beautiful thing. And Jesus says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. What they didn't know is part of the preparation was the cross. In order to go into that place, there must be Jesus dying on a cross. And then in that death, he entered the grave. And in the grave, it was, it was emptied because he ascended to the Father. And just as he lived, died, rose, and ascended, he will once again come back. And he will bring us with him. See, it's not about a place for me, for us. It's about the person I'll be with. It's all about the Father. Then Jesus says <laughs> what he's already said to them before, where he's going and the way to where he's going to get. And one of his disciples, again, Thomas, was confused. And I think it's because of Colossians 3.2. Sometimes we set our mind too much of the things of this world. When in Colossians 3, 2, it says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things of the earth. You know, uh, the idea of being troubled, we all have our things, right? And this week, I, I feel like I've had the gift of spilling every drink or having my kids spill every drink that existed in our home. Like in one day, there was like four spills. Milo's walking with his milk, uh-oh, spill all over the floor. Then Charlie, she's like, thirsty. And so as a good father, I gave her a sugary soda of Sprite. And I said, just drink this, you're okay. Uh-oh, spilled everywhere. And then uh, the kids, we spilled over coffee, it was everywhere. And it was, just, it was just one of those weeks. Have you guys ever had one of those weeks before? Yep. <laughs> 
Don't even get me started on my office. So we talk about the disciples that are troubled. <laughs> Did you know that Jesus was troubled too? Go back to the chapter before, John 13, 21. John tells us that Jesus' heart was troubled when he knew Judas had turned against him. Judas betrayed him. Peter is going to deny him. The Romans were going to arrest him. The Jews wanted him dead. The father allowed it. And Jesus knew it was going to happen. And in that moment, he had to choose to believe and trust the father. And, and I believe he even thought about his father and what it would accomplish and how he would be with him. And so when it comes to us, even in that moment when Jesus was troubled, he chose to trust. He chose to believe. And so we're supposed to trust our sovereign Lord, trust our all-knowing Lord, all-powerful Lord, all-present, all-loving, always-working, always-comforting, always-remember, always-saving Father. Because again, I want to repeat it, it's not just about a place it's about a person, the I am, the, the great I am, and that's an infinitely greater prize than anything this world can offer. And so he says, I'm going to take you to the Father. And then the second part that we can hang on that can encourage us is we have to believe Jesus will show us the Father. Look at verse 7 through 11. If you had known me, you'd have known my Father also. From now on, you do know me and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. You know, this is interesting because uh, we all have blind sides, right? It, I would love to hear some of the examples of family and friends, uh, especially couples, and, and what the other person has as blind sides. You know, I think about some of you, and I think about even my relationship, and I've shared this before. My wife says, you can notice how someone's feeling, you can notice uh, what's going on, or something's happening in their life, but you won't notice that, that uh, sock that you left on the floor, you know? <laughs> Or the towel or the, or the shirt. And I, I tend to have my own blind sides. Yes, your pastor's not perfect, okay? <laughs> Why were you guys so surprised? <laughs> and so we think about Philip and we think about Thomas. And they're just, they're just not getting it. They're just not seeing what is happening here. And so we know the father and we know the son. And we know that if we want to see the father... We, we just got to look at Jesus. If you want to know how the Father is going to respond, look, look how Jesus responded. And so he's like, hey, this is the last moment. And Philip, you, you still don't get this? 
We know what God is like because we know what Jesus is like. And so he says, hey, can, can you please just show me? Show me the Father when all the while God in the flesh was standing right in front of him. We can be people of faith and still have incredible blind spots. That's the thing. Thank the Lord for his patience with us. We can be incredible, godly people and still have blind spots in our faith. And so I think about this. How could he miss it? How could he not see it? And he had that, that front row seat to God at work, not just for months, but for years. And the thing is, we might say, man, how do they miss it? How does Philip, how does Thomas? But the truth is, we miss it. We've seen it. We've witnessed God show up in our life. We've witnessed times where he has done maybe even miracles in our life. And we are so quick to forget. We sang the song about Moses and, and him setting apart the waters. And David taking down Goliath. And Mary. And yet we are so quick to have amnesia with how God has provided and helped and delivered us. Some of you, have, I've heard your stories. It's incredible on how God has showed up in your life. Some of you have been sick, and the doctors are saying, hey, this is not looking good. And then a month later, you got a checkup, and they say, I don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. You're healed. Some of you, your marriages were on the brink and just God humbled your hearts and now you're stronger than ever. God has used himself in, in people here, but also just, just showing up in mighty ways. And so when he talks about believe Jesus will show us the Father, we got to look to Christ and know that that's what God's doing in our life. As he did miracles and as he uh, walked on water, he, he might not literally do that in front of us today, but he is doing mighty things in our life. Those are things we can celebrate. Then it goes on to the third point, something that we need to hold on to, is believe Jesus will glorify the Father through us. This is important. Look at John uh, chapter uh, 14 verse 12 it says truly truly I say to you whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the father whatever you ask in my name this I will do that the father might be glorified in the son if you ask me anything in my name I will do it so this is a, a piece of text and I wish I had three sermons to talk about it, because this is a piece of scripture that's been taken out of context many, many times, and the idea of you'll do greater works than me, and, and if you look even in the book of Acts, and over a 20-year span, and the disciples, and people are giving their life to Christ, there's less miracles that we have recorded in that time than the three years of ministry that Jesus was serving, and, and, and serving all over uh, ancient Israel and that entire region. And the idea is not necessarily that we're going to do more miracles than him. The idea is that we and those early disciples would have a greater influence to spread the gospel. And the whole thing of asking 
and, and whatever you want, you will receive. That whole idea, it's about aligning and submitting to God. You know, if I pray for the lottery ticket to win, is that me aligning with the will of God? Right? Or if I'm saying, hey, God, use me so I can make a difference with my neighbor, that I can evangelize to my neighbor, that I can love my neighbor. Now, that aligns with God's will to impact our communities. And so when I, when I read this, it, the greater works do not equate the greater miraculous signs. That's not what he's trying to say. And, and that doesn't mean... That God doesn't work through his people to do miracles. I'm not getting into a topic on do miracles cease to exist. Because I believe that God still does miracles. But what he's saying and what he's doing is through his disciples spreading the gospel to the world. And that's on us. That's our commission. That's our command. And so what are we supposed to do? When the way we are headed doesn't seem certain anymore, we're supposed to believe that Jesus is working still today with the Father. And our stories aren't done. We still have more that God is going to do through us. You know, Kyle Eidemann, when he wrote the book, Not a Fan, he shared a story about Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was this incredible... Uh, religious leader and he went to Nicodemus and when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus it was at night because he didn't want anyone to see that he was talking to Jesus he thought man I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in trouble I'm gonna get thrown out of the synagogue because they see me talking to Jesus and so in this moment they're having this this interaction and essentially there's this this tension point where, where Nicodemus he believes but he's trying to hide. He's, he's almost like a fan. He's cheering on his team. He, he loves what he's seen with Christ. But he's just not all in. And so Jesus in that moment has a very real conversation with him. In order to follow me, you, you got to be born again. And, and so I think about us. And I think about the church. And just that idea of faith and belief and, and just reading this text reading this scripture it's so easy for us to be troubled and to fall off the track it's so easy for us to forget so many of us believe that the journey should be smooth and, and when something hits Man, it, what did God do to me? Or what's going on here? When the journey, it will be challenging. I think about the journey to the sun. And when we went through the, the snow and the sleet and the rain. And once we got above those clouds, man, there was peace. And we were looking over those Rockies. We could look to the right and we saw over the border to Canada, the Rockies going in to the country. We looked south, we saw the beautiful lakes and we saw the mountains. It was just incredible. But the journey wasn't easy. And I want to encourage us, even when the journey's tough, 
believe. Do not be troubled. Believe in him. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.